Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live. This is the podcast where we dig into the digital revolution that is changing every aspect of our lives, from the business world to our personal lives, everything in between, out on the forefront of so much change that's going on right now. And one of our favorite monthly guests is Wayne Saden, who's been a CIO, a CTO, a CDO, and Wayne now advises CEOs and boards of directors about digital strategy, digital business, and how to get from here to there. Wayne, welcome back to Cloud Wars Lives. Always great to see you. And it's always great to be back. It's always great to have the conversations, Bob. I never know how you're going to turn the agenda into a much more interesting conversation. So I'm looking wow. forward to it. Not at all. Not at all. And Wayne, I know you've, you've mentioned that there is uh, in the offing, you know, we always look forward to seeing what wine is Wayne sort of showcasing behind him here. So a little bit more in your transition, but then we'll have some of the wine back. So that that's always helpful as well. But Wayne, it looks like, you know, as always, you've come up with some really, really interesting ideas. Uh, and, you know, they seem to be three separate things, but I think you've sort of found some interesting threads that pull them together. So on the one hand, we have this whole notion of, you know, post-pandemic people uh, will just sort of pop back into their cars, their trains, their buses, their subways, and go back to offices. Maybe that's not going to happen. We've got uh, an event coming up at the end of next month that's going to be a sort of rallying cry for a lot of things. And then you had some thoughts about, you know, where this uh, at one point super hot economy might be headed. So Wayne, let me turn it over to you. You've always got great ways of weaving together some fascinating insights. Well, thank you, Bob. Hey, the first thing I want to talk about is this whole work from home, and now we're going back to the office thing. It was actually on one of these podcasts with you a little more than a year ago, I predicted we're not going back because it didn't look like we were going to be coming back soon. There was another outbreak. It was Delta. Everybody remember Delta? Um, we all had the Delta surge and then we had the Omicron surge. And so we knew we were pushing and pushing and pushing. And uh, about a year and three months ago, I said, they're not going back. It's a year later. Let's talk about what's going on. We got big, smart firms. Look, look at Apple. They built the flying saucer. They've got the great corporate culture. And people are saying, no, I'm not going back, even to the flying saucer. Other big companies, uh, companies that I work with, we're seeing that. We have the immunocompromised. They're afraid to go back. We have people that are just afraid to, we've, we've raised a group of people who just don't see other people a lot. And a lot of them, especially in IT, let's face it, a lot of IT people are introverts. And so they're very happy working from home and they're productive working from home. The other thing we're seeing is the work family dynamic has changed. Your kids may not have gone back to school when you were asked to come back to work or their schedules have changed. Your schedule, how you work, how you, where's your dentist? My dentist used to be in downtown when I worked in downtown Houston. My dentist now is around the corner from my house. So now all of a sudden the dental appointment isn't walk from my office. It's wait, I kind of take the morning off to go see the dentist. And so we've changed our patterns as restaurants and center cities close. They've opened in the neighborhoods. Uh, we're getting in my little neighborhood in North Dallas, a North Beach, San Francisco Italian restaurant. I guess the person said, well, Frisco sounds like Frisco. Let me open a restaurant here. I'm so excited. People are moving from the big city to my suburban area so they can feed us. And so the world has changed. The other thing, I hate to say this, if you don't follow the, the virus like some of us, 
we now have Omicron B2.12.1, which is surging. The Northeast is full of it. Tremendous, uh, tremendous spread. We have BA4 and BA5 in South Africa in other countries. And if you look at what's going on with COVID, it's not over. I've had four shots and COVID. Um, people are getting breakthrough infections. People are getting sick. And so do you really want to go back and drive, ride in a subway train? Um, I'm okay riding in an airplane because I know what they do with the HEPA filters. The New York subways didn't have HEPA filters the last time I was on one. So are we really ready to come back on mass? And you know, if we don't come back five days a week where your office mates are there, it's not the same. If you come back Tuesday and Thursday and I come back Monday and Wednesday, uh, what did we accomplish? So the, the whole cart, well, there's gonna be a cartoon for our kids. It's gonna be people with laptops taking subways, taking elevators to sit on the laptop that they could have opened up in the, on the kitchen table. So, you know, it, it's, it's a big change and companies got to recognize we're into, into this for maybe another six months or a year, along with the big cloud companies, the networking companies, the hardware companies, investing tens of billions of dollars in making our experience better. Microphones, lighting, cameras, networks. So it, it's a very big change and companies should recognize it. And, and Bob, as I've said before, I, I did a video on this. Culture is not the office birthday party where the CEO doesn't know half the people in the 300, 500,000 person office and stands there like this with the cake while all the employees ask questions the CEO can't answer for FD reasons or doesn't want to answer or doesn't know the answer to. And they just stand there like this until they can escape. Right. That's not culture, man. We got to do better. And companies are starting to do better recognizing their people aren't there for the birthday party and the bowl of fruit or the bowl of cookies, you know, every, every Tuesday. Yeah. Um, so my takeaways to the executives is you got to work on the culture where your people are. Um, I've been to a virtual bourbon tasting event run by a vendor. I've had clients that did things where we sent everybody the same shirt and we all wore our shirts with the logo of the project on the same day. Let's build that esprit de corps as a distributed dispersed organization which here's a secret. Most of us were already. Yeah. The headquarters was what? 2%, 3%, 4% of your total staff. But we treated that like they were people that had to work together. What about the people in 300 factories, 200 warehouses, and 2,000 trucks? How'd you include them? We got to include them. Um, the next one is to redirect your investment dollars. Look, face the fact they're not coming back and help prepare for a potential recession. You've got real estate expenses, especially if you're in a big city downtown. You got FF&E, furniture, fixtures, and equipment expenses. You got IT expenses. You've got leasehold improvement expenses. You've got maintenance and upkeep expenses. What, 25% of your SG&A might be real estate costs. Ditch it, sublease it, let the lease ends don't renew it. And instead reinvest that money in culture and in tools. Bob, you didn't see me in my tape. I had tape on my hands because I have carpal tunnel syndrome. Now I've got Chinese exercise balls to work my hands. Don't let your employees get carpal tunnel. Get them a stand-up desk. Get them an ergonomic keyboard. Make sure that they understand how to work comfortably and be productive. And that's what you got to do. And I know I'm on a soapbox. One more thing and I'll get off it. FaceTime matters. You got to work with your coworkers. I'm dressed nice because I'm going to a CIO lunch in my area. I want to talk to other people. 
Um, we got to get our people to talk to each other, but it is not going to be with staggered schedules in downtown offices. Do what um, a Salesforce did, buy a retreat, a ranch, if you can afford it, and bring people there. IBM used to do this in Armonk. I went to many IBM retreats with uh, customers and employees. Do the same thing. The other thing I'll suggest is why don't you bring your group to a trade show? What if you took everybody working on your cloud digital transformation and brought them to something like, oh, let's just say the Cloud Wars Expo coming up in Moscone Center in San Francisco, California, June 28th to 30th. Now, Wayne, you've always got lots of great ideas. That one sounds particularly, uh, you know, prescient there. And uh, with that uh, event only six weeks away, you know, we, we, there's a lot of things going on there. But, you know, as you pull the culture idea into this, Wayne, uh, to whatever degree CEOs and other business leaders felt that cultures, the HR team's department or this or that, I just think it has to be one of the very top things that people leaders are focused on these days, right? Because otherwise, you know, you've seen this thing, people have so many job opportunities now, right? They could go anywhere they want, right? Their own tickets. Why do they stay? Well, it's got to be, you know, for some of the reasons that you've described here, more sense of autonomy, but either leaders create the culture that they want to have and that the company needs to have, or they're going to create, uh, they will have a culture will develop on its own, that is going to be probably corrosive and unhealthy unhelpful to what's happening there. Um, but Wayne, if you, you talked a little bit too about Cloud Wars Expo, and uh, I think it's a wonderful idea. You know, I'm subjective, but I agree. But tell us a little bit about your perspectives. You're going to be intimately involved in it, leading a number of sessions. And, you know, for the past few years that you and I have had these conversations here, you've been a proponent of a lot of the ideas that are going to be, you know, center stage at Cloud Wars Expo. Well, I'm really happy that I was invited to participate. So thank you, Bob. This was the genesis, I think, was your Cloud Wars business from how many years ago? Four or five years ago. We've been doing this almost four. And really, the notion that the cloud industry was going to be a thing in of itself to have a conference about four years ago, even I said, nah, we have a cloud conference. There's going to be an Oracle conference and a Microsoft conference and a conference around this industry or that. But to say the cloud is transformational enough, whether it's infrastructure as a service, platform as a service, software as a service, or God help us, metaverse as a service. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it, is a, it is a big enough change in the way we do business, it can be if we do it right, um, that it really needs a venue of its own, a place where cloud practitioners and people who want to use the cloud come together. And what I like about this, it is not a geeky, techie conference. Lord knows, I've been to so many. I've been to guide and share the old IBM conferences. I've been to ones where everybody comes and brings copies of their hardware to show you, look at the, how the resistors fit, or they show you the software. Let's all geek out and type this stuff. What I love is that this is really about how it's going to be used, how you're going to make money, how you're going to save money, how you're going to delight your customers. In fact, I want to turn this around to you for a minute. I see you talking about customer dazzle. So maybe you could spend a minute explaining that to the audience and quite frankly, to me. Sure, sure. Wayne, well, you know, um, uh, somebody who uh, influenced my thinking as much or more than anybody else was a, a business 
professor at the University of Michigan, C.K. Prahalad. He was an author. And I remember this is 15, 20 years ago because he died untimely uh, some years back. But C.K. said, look, he said, we're, he said he's studying the next phase of competitive dynamics, competitive excellence. And he said, at first, companies made stuff and sold it. Then they listened to their customers and they reacted. He said, the future will belong to companies that can anticipate and lead. Now, that was 15 years ago, probably, that he said that. Um, but I think his idea was, if businesses are able to move as fast as their customers are in sync with those customers, then instead of those you know, annoying things we all run into about delays and well, you can get that here and you can have it in blue, but you can't get the right size. You can have this or that. No, I can't ship things all over the country for you. That's your job. Not, you know, on and on and on like this. Instead, these companies that come out and say, you can have it where you want it, how you want it, when you want it, pay for it, you know, in, in the ways that are. So I think it's sort of coming around the full realization of this thing that the customer truly is the center of the universe for businesses. But Wayne, there's also the notion of dazzling your employees. A lot of those things you talked about in the opener here about how you set an agenda that's employee driven and one that makes it a destination that people want to come to instead of just sort of draining out. Um, and Wayne, I mentioned one other thing about this with the dazzle. One of the, uh, you know, the terrific lineup of speakers that we're going to have at Cloud Wars Expo is one of them, Venkat Ramaswamy, who is a professor at the University of Michigan. He was a protege of C.K. Prahalad's, and over the period of the last 18 or 20 years, Venkat has written a series of books about the whole co-creation phenomenon, and he's got some really, really, uh, you know, blow your hair back type of uh, insights into not the metaverse, but the experience verse or the X verse, where he pulls a lot of this together for how businesses can uh, make this X verse a part of how they're going to be able to dazzle customers and employees. So it, it should be a, a great, great time. See, that's terrific. Having a conversation about not how we do it, you know, how, what we bolt together, but why we're doing it and what we can do to rethink our business. You know, I talk about digital transformation. That's going to be one of my topics. And you know what I say, it's an executive-driven change to your culture, your products, your markets, your customer experience, your employee experience. And it sounds like you're hitting right at the heart of those things. And, and that's the kind of thinking people need to come away with. Not as much, hey, I got this really cool thing that'll save me $1.98 by making the cloud do this instead of that. Or look, Google is better than um, IBM over here, but Apple is better than somebody else over there. Um, it's the big ideas. It's getting people that are thinking the big thoughts. And I don't mean us. I mean the audience, the yeah. people coming and yeah. getting a conversation. And so, you know, I've got a couple of sessions. I'm leading the financial services battleground on day three. And, you know, I spent 30 years in that industry. So uh -huh. I'm really waiting to be dazzled by what's going on contemporaneously. And the cool thing for me is the CXO Lounge and the CXO2 Strategic Jam Sessions. As I've said to people when I talk, don't make this a geek conference and bring all your cloud architects yeah. all alone. Bring your business people. This is about how you can make money, save money, and to your point, dazzle customers and employees. And we are going to have those conversations right on the show floor in a lounge and hopefully get an interesting set of CXOs, not CIOs, but CMOs or CFOs or CEOs or even board members come and talk to us and talk to each other 
and bring your teams and talk to them, we can help. Yeah. One of the favorite things I have to, when I work with clients is to translate between geek and business, mm -hmm. getting people in a room and hearing what they have to say and saying, I think I heard you say this, does that work over here? Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you'll see that we've inhibited conversation. So when we talk about culture, to go back to the first point, a lot of our culture should be unblocking these bad communications. And in theory, when we're all in different cities, countries, and time zones, it's worse. But because of the nature of what we're doing, we write more stuff down, we record more stuff, it's probably a lot easier for people to help correct misunderstandings because they're written or they're taped or the audience is there and you can take a look at it in a moment and say, wait a minute, I think I heard A and B, let's talk about C. And I hope we do a lot of that at this conference. It's gonna be a lot more interesting than for me to stand up in front of an audience and tell them what I know. I want people in the room willing to yell at me, to challenge me, to take me on. I don't know how you feel about that, but I, I love nothing, I'm a New Yorker, I love nothing better than a good argument. <laughs> so I'm counting on people to come armed with their points of view, their facts, their experiences, and let's make this, as it says, a jam, a jam session, and come up with new music that we write together. Absolutely, Wayne. Yeah, I think that's one of the big parts of it. And I talk about the Cloud Wars Expo being, you know, it's really a three-day celebration of all the things we've talked about at Cloud Wars, and that is this sort of aspirational notion of growth and possibility and optimism and opportunity and innovation. So yeah, it should be, it should be quite a time, Wayne. Looking forward to it. So as you said, it's June 28, 29, 30 in San Francisco. It's easy to register at cloudwarsexpo.com. And Wayne, now if I may, I'm going to offer a word from our sponsor, BMC. If you think of world-class gymnast Simone Biles, you think of someone bringing the A game to her sport. It's the absolute highest level you can think of or achieve. And you can get to that level in business as well. BMC calls this the autonomous digital enterprise. It's when automation is effortless and therefore allows people to focus and concentrate on innovation. You can find out more at bmc.com slash A game. So Wayne, all of these things, very powerful, the notion of culture, bring people together, what we're going to be doing at Cloud Wars Expo, but whether somebody wants to say this is, you know, a recessionary thing or just a slowdown in what has been a, uh, a go-go economy for a while, um, there's a lot to think about there and what companies should be uh, planning to do, be prepared for, don't let uh, economic shifts happen to you, but instead prepare yourself for them. And in some cases, I think when you know, people choose to say, I choose not to participate in whatever this larger scale thing is going on. Well, we can choose whatever we want to choose. The world works around us, you know, and, and the challenge for executives is what do you do to plan? You've got a board, you've got investors, whether they're shareholders or private equity investors, VCs. And the problem with recessions is when we start talking about recessions, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. We all think there's gonna be recessions, so we spend less. We spend less, so people buy less, duh. So now people buy less, so people start laying people off, so people have less money, so they can buy less. There's an old science fiction story from when I was a kid where they use fancy economic analysis, and we're talking you know, 60 year old story, and they figure out which family didn't buy what TV that started the whole recession. And they send them 500 bucks and the whole recession goes away. And that's kind of the way you sometimes think. Now look, 
I'm not an economist. I only have two hands. I can't be an economist. That's right. Uh, but so I'm not going to try to be smarter than all of them. If I was, I would have big investments and we wouldn't be doing this. I'd be on my private island somewhere. But, but when you think about it, when you, I've seen eight or 10 recessions in my 30 some odd years, we have precipitating factors that are a little different today. Our demand is enormous, right? We have the easy credit. We have the historically low interest rates and abundant cash from the stimulus. Our government and other governments send boatloads of money to people to sustain them, to companies to sustain them, to workers to sustain them while they had to stay at home. For many people, that was a windfall. And that windfall went into the stock market that pumped the stock market up, that pumped the real estate market up, that made people feel very rich. When you feel rich, you spend money, especially when you've been locked in your house for two years. Yeah. Look at the vacation industry. Yeah. Look at the Airbnbs. I had a house in a resort area. The prices there were going crazy. And so there's a bubble and bubbles burst. And so on the other hand, though, what's causing this is very unique. We have the pandemic problems. We have whole countries in lockdown, even today. We have supply chain disruptions that are attendant to that. We have a war in the Ukraine that's affecting energy, that's affecting natural resources, that's affecting food. These are very unusual events and they're happening together. We have the pandemic problems, we have the war problems, and that's creating this enormous distortion in the market. So the Fed does what the Fed does, is they pop the balloon and hope they pop it gently. If you're a CEO, you're saying, what if it happens? Well, here's my prediction. Again, I'm not an economist. My prediction is that the, the Fed has a very good chance of getting it slightly wrong. What I read, we're going to party like it's 1994. That's the latest trend going around on Wall Street. That's when they started raising rates half and three quarters of a percent until they got up to 6% and they squashed it and we had a soft landing. I hope we do. I really do. But let's say we're off by a little bit and it comes down a little harder. Here's my prediction. Short and sharp. Like COVID. COVID went whoop and back up whoop faster than anybody imagined. That's where I think a recession will go, absent government meddling that takes it another way, you know, or some, if the zombies, if COVID turns into the zombie apocalypse, we'll talk about desalinization and automatic weapons instead of this, but I'm not, I'm not assuming that. I'm investing in, um, in stocks and bonds, not desalination. But my prediction is the war will end somehow, the chips will get made with investments, and the supply chains will untangle, especially as the zero COVID countries get their arms around it, whatever st uh, strategy they pursue. And what does that mean? It means don't hunker down for five years of horror, get ready for the next bounce. So my comment to executives, to CEOs, to boards is don't be caught short. Imagine this is gonna be like COVID, whoop, whoop. Where, where do you wanna be up here? The opportunity to take market share away from people, the opportunity to take mind share away, the opportunity to, to um, dazzle your customers and your employees is there. So a couple of things. In technology, put the pedal to the metal. Bob, I, you probably know more than me. The cloud industry is predicated on this kind of meteoric growth. What happens to investors when the growth does that? I think there's going to be deals on the table. Do you, do you think that'll happen if, if the cloud vendors start seeing their growth shrink, they'll start making deals to get the volume? Uh, yeah, Wayne, I think, you know, that's going to be in some ways inevitable. But the other side of it is, uh, you know, the 
uh, more and more we're hearing this, and I, I believe there's a lot of credible evidence behind it, but the leaders of the cloud companies are saying in a highly inflationary environment, you know, software in the cloud is a deflationary uh, vector that can come in here. So to your point about, you know, heavying up on the technology, it's not spend more money to do the same things you did before, but more money to do a number of new things, some of them much better than before, and that allow you to maintain that thread or that connection with your customers, right? Because it's not that nobody will spend anything. Plus, I think, Wayne, what, you know, is the cloud is the reimagination re machine. I think it is, it, it is the front door to innovation for companies. And certainly to get to that point up here that you've been talking about, they're going to need, companies will need to, you know, just innovate relentlessly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, if you saw the agenda I sent you, my comment is said differently than what you're saying others are saying, but clearly right now, this year, what is it, 20 or $30 billion being invested in the industry, just on innovation, not scale up, scale out, just innovation. That's AI, that's Web3 and Metaverse, that's security, that's databases and data analytics, that's networking. All of that stuff turns into products that are available to you, the customer, by going click, click, click. <laughs> Uh, again, I don't want to oversimplify for because the poor CIOs that have to turn this into an actual product are going to hate me. But it is not like having to build a brand new data center and hire 100 data scientists right. to use a modern database or to hire a whole AI team from your local university. You can start building models using a multi-billion dollar investment that someone else has made and lots of people are sharing. So my point is, you've got this ride through with the investment being made already, take advantage of it at low cost. But yeah. I say with slower demand, look, right now, if you don't have a supply chain that is stretched so thin, you think it's going to burst, I don't know who you are. Everybody's facing that. If the supply chain pressure shrinks a little bit, that gives you a little breathing room to fix it. Yeah. It's very hard to fix the thing when it's going 150 miles an hour. It's a lot easier when it's going 30. So invest in your supply chain. You got industry 4.0. That's robotics, AI, machine vision, uh, factory automation, uh, additive manufacturing. We could go on and on. There's nearshoring. You know, I'm a big proponent. We got to get these supply chains from being so fragile and so single-ended, uh, single-stranded, yeah. I mean. Um, there's a term I just saw called friendshoring. Let's agree as an economic block, we're going to give the business to people whose social and political structures we think are more stable and will act in concert with our own interests. So yeah. it's onshoring, nearshoring, friendshoring. And then AI and robotics. Look, there's advancements being made there in everything from uh, chatbots to machine vision to manufacturing to logistics to driverless vehicles. Drones, they're starting to do drone delivery to homes in my neighborhood. Not my house yet. I want, I want something delivered by drone. You're going to get a video of that. But <laughs> we're doing this using these tools, and you should be investing in them because you have a moment to do that. And also, I think there might be less pressure from the great resignation. If people are not seeing that the unemployment is historically low and quit, quits are historically high, everybody's a little nervous that is not necessarily a wonderful thing, but it's an opportunity to fix your talent if you're short cybersecurity people, if you're short supply chain people, AI people, and also focus on your culture. Yeah. If you've got a little bit of breathing room and you're not having to onboard 30% of your company every quarter, 
because your turn your turnover is slowed work on the culture work on taking the people you have and uh, teaching them why they should be loyal to you because you're taking care of them and then the last thing goes right back to the first thing we talked about yeah disinvest in that huge fixed cost called real estate get out of the office mentality build factories where you need them build showrooms where you need them build convention centers or rent them when you need them bob i recently did unsolicited advice to howard schultz he yeah. doesn't know me i don't know him but he came back to run starbucks again because yeah. starbucks is now 70 percent drive-through and pickup and i said why isn't there a we bucks or, or a starbucks office environment i'd pay for a premium tier starbucks with less music more sound deadening and a little privacy <laughs> why can't we turn that into the third place and steal a march on that uh temp office industry yeah. So we got to be working on these things and get real estate from being a fixed cost and a drag on our balance sheet to a variable cost, just like cloud lets us do with technology. Yeah. And so the, the last thing on that is be ready for the next up cycle. If acceleration economy has taught us anything in the last three years or so, it's that if you're here and you're ready, when the market goes like this, you come out on top of it. Yeah. If, it if it's here and you're below it, you wind up up here. So do you want to be here in two years or do you want to be here in two years or gone in two years? And that's the challenge. Take a recession. What does Warren Buffett say, right? He, he buys when people are fearful and, and sells or holds when people are um, ebullient. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what you want to be doing. Have the courage to invest in technology, invest in your manufacturing, your supply chain, your, your fulfillment, your customer wow. Yeah. during a slowdown because it isn't going to be extended. And there's going to be opportunities at the end of that that we can't even envision today. Be ready to seize them. And the cloud gives you that opportunity. If nothing else, you get flexibility out of a cloud investment. Yeah, yeah. Wayne, great picture. I think great advice there. Uh, <clears throat> I agree. And, you know, I'd sort of summarize some of your great thoughts on that and uh, the specific advice you offered. I think it's important for companies to be on offense these days, right? You know, stay on offense. Paul got to, you know, be smart about certain things. But uh, yeah, the, the the cloud capabilities now are letting companies do things at a, that they never could do before and at a speed they could never do before. So I think that's, uh, that's the solution there. Wayne, it's been wonderful. Thank you for pulling some uh, very, very interesting big threads together. And as always, you give... Uh, superb advice to leaders uh, at, at times of challenge, times of change. So thanks again for, uh, for pushing out some wonderful ideas that everybody ought to, uh, ought to be able to learn from. Thank you, Bob. It's always fun. You, you give me some challenging things to think about. It's always fun having these conversations. And as always, I urge the people watching and listening to give us feedback. In Acceleration Economy, we have several ways to reach us through LinkedIn, through Twitter, through the website itself. I'm really looking forward to having people, again, talk about this with me here in our forums on the website, but please come to Cloud Wars Expo, June 28th to 30th, and let's have these conversations in person and try out some of this actual face-to-face -face conversation again. Sounds like a good plan, Wayne. That's, that's great. And folks, thanks to all of you for being with us here at Cloud Wars Live. We'd love to see you at Cloud Wars Expo next month if that'll work into your plans. 
and enjoy uh, the time until then. And Wayne, we look forward to seeing you next month. And thanks to all of you for being with us. Thank you, Bob.